Hello everyone, it's Yana here, or gentlemen. It's the, uh, oh, I'm trying to think now, 6th of July today, Friday, yay, I think we're all looking forward to the weekend, and it's bearable this morning, you'll notice there's a slight breeze again, which is lovely, it's actually a bit foggy when I looked out, some clouds today, but it's going to be warm again, the sun's already breaking through. It's just that it's so nice and cool this morning. It was so hot yesterday. Oh, um, I'd have loved to go and have a dip somewhere. I considered having a lukewarm shower, but of course never got around to it. Um, stuff to do. Um, Henry tried kayaking with the cubs yesterday uh, and absolutely loved it. So I need to now find somewhere he can try that again. And of course he jumped in afterwards. <laughs> they weren't supposed to, but since we had to send them with a change of clothes anyway, he probably thought, ah, I might as well. Um, and um, yeah, and Amelia needed her, she's got uh, year six are having a play next week. Um, well, year six and year five actually. So year six always, play the speaking roles in year five of the choir um, and she needed she played several roles so she needed some some help with costumes um, but I think we found her something good so that's all right and we also had our usual um, mummy daughter time which we use usually use them um, playing those pieces on ukulele that she wants to play <laughs> so I get to play slightly more um, modern as in from like the last couple of years songs um, uh, which is quite nice because I can play and she sings so I can just concentrate on that um, yes and of course she had a transition day so she spent a whole day in her new school and absolutely loved it. I think the bit that she most enjoyed was probably a part, well, I think she liked at the school um, and she totally went along with everything at the school, but I think most of it was, even though it's a three quarters of an hour walk, she, um, and she walked up with a friend um, and back. And she was back quite late, because apparently, because they, they walked past all the high street shops and they went into quite a few so the thing that she enjoyed the most and that has the most novelty at the moment is the freedom of, um, of being able to go in the shops. Um, even though, well, well, she'll find out soon enough how, um, how far her pocket money will stretch um, if she does this every day. Uh, so yeah, but uh, uh, it also, but it's just the way she talked about it it felt like, yeah, she, she's just totally ready to go to the next, to the next school now. So yeah, wow. Um, um, yeah, so otherwise, um, I've got to catch up on some work. Um, so I had an appointment yesterday, so didn't get as much done as I should have done. So, um, but that's the problem I have in the moment. I've got appointments on days when I also be working and then I mean luckily I'm in a position I can catch up on another day 
but yeah that means I don't really have any work free days to do the um, other stuff that I need to do um, and hopefully I'll actually get somewhere um, that would be good and I need to pop into town first though I also just had a catch up with um, our well what should we call him He's a, he's a very well-known, apparently he's 90, he's an old gentleman who lives um, near the school. So we see him very often on the way to school and he's kind of a, he's a bit of a local celebrity. Um, he's lovely and we, um, some time ago we found some, uh, some footage um, that resurfaced um, from the British, uh, British Film Institute about our village um, in the 90, I think it was the 1950s. Um, which we all watched just to see, oh, what does it look like? You know, the shops on the high street, some of them are still shops, they're now houses, but you can see that that probably used to be a shop. Um, and, um, yeah, and he was in the film, um, looking much younger, of course, with his bicycle. So I think he even went into the school to tell the children all about what it was like. So that was lovely. Um, um, and I also, I also found out that, um, uh, apparently he's the granddad of of someone who's in a who's in a soap. I didn't know that. So yeah, it's all very um uh and whose team we beat in the quiz uh, on Wednesday. Ha. <laughs> um so yeah, it's a it's a very, very small world around here. Um otherwise, um of course today is the big day. Um, all very exciting, even though, yeah, it's probably not, um, it's not worth um, clicking on Twitter today and checking news because, um, well, Theresa May is having her away day with her cabinet. Um, there was a lot of hoo-ha in the run-up to it, one of which was uh, they're going to apparently confiscate phones at checkers so nobody can leak anything. They're not going to get them back till about 10 o'clock at night. Um, uh, there, was, there was lots in the run-up. Um, so she came out with her, with her third plan to, um, what she, well, what she wants to do, um, next, um, her new, her new option, um, and, um, um, so her latest idea is to go for a kind of, uh, a soft version of Brexit, um, and she wants, so her, her idea is, because the EU's not going to, go with anything that creates a hard border in, 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 in Ireland, between Ireland and Northern Ireland. So the idea is to collect uh, customs um, duties for the EU on that border. Um, and then um, British businesses would have to claim that back, much in the same way as they currently claim back VAT. Um, this is actually something that we help with at work. So it's just a you know, it's an extra layer of, of administration. So how it's going to be easier and um, and cheaper for businesses to be to be out of the EU, I don't quite see yet. Um, because, yeah, reclaiming VAT from one country to another is um, is certainly one of the layers of, um, of admin that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be aware of unless you've you've had to do it um so she wants to do that um and um and she wants to be i mean it's how it was very strange i mean it all sounds very complicated but when it comes down to it 
it sounded very much like she wants to have some sort of so that it, so so it kind of recreates the kind of the notion of a customs union, um, but she only wants to have this good. Um, so I think this is how she wants to prevent food shortages from happening. Um, um, but then being aware that actually eighty percent of the UK industry is or the economy rather is is services. She then, uh, the other proposal is to get some kind of preferential access for services um, by giving preferential treatment to EU citizens who want to come and work in the UK. I don't know how many there will still be after Brexit, so I don't know whether this is some kind of, oh no, all our EU doctors and EU nurses are running away. Um, Whether it comes from that or whether it's just a kind of a, trying to placate the um, EU after treating EU citizens in this country appallingly for the last two years. Um, and they're still in limbo um, and haven't had any guarantees. Um, I mean, if she'd wanted to do that, you know, a goodwill gesture would have been right in the beginning. And, you know, reports say that it was her and her alone who blocked um, just giving... EU citizens to just unilaterally the right to continue living in the UK. She was the one who didn't want to do that, um, according to reports at the time. So, um, so yeah. So now she wants some kind of um, which, which is weird because um, I thought that was what most of the, if the if the levers are against non EU immigration, this is the the argument that I keep hearing. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, oh, EU citizens, they get preferential treatment. All immigrants should be treated the same, um, which is where my argument is always, well, yeah, but why should EU citizens be treated as badly as non-EU citizens? Why can't we just treat non-EU citizens as well as EU citizens? You know, And it, treat them in a humane way. Don't take huge amounts of money that it costs to apply for um, leave to remain. Um, or visas, um, where you're looking at thousands of pounds for families, where there's a cap on how much you have to earn before you can bring a spouse and children. So how many f- uh, families are getting split up by this system? Why Why does the UK government need to treat non-EU citizens like that? So why not just treat all immigrants like they're human beings and they have a right to family life? <coughs> so I don't quite get that argument. Um, um so anyway, um, but that's another one, um, um, and another uh, and and something else was that um, she wants to largely continue to follow um, the um, standards required for the single market. Um, so it's been described by those who looked at it. Um, apparently, it's one hundred and twenty pages, and the cabinet wasn't happy because they were only given it yesterday, which is probably so they can't leak it all over the place. But yeah, they weren't happy that they'd have to read. 120 pages of um of um jargon overnight to be prepared for today but yeah it's been um by those journalists who have like a link into the departments um it's been described as somewhere between Norway and Switzerland so the 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 kind of the arrangements that those countries have with the EU um now of course the leavers aren't particularly happy and as the Brexiters uh in the cabinet have already said I mean David Davis when he did eventually find out 
what it is about, said that this is never going to fly with the EU and it won't work, um, they're not going to be happy to follow um, the standards of the EU. Now, of course, you'd have to, to, to trade with them, you have to um, uh, be compliant with, with EU standards, otherwise they're not going to buy your stuff, it's as easy as that. This is what protects all of us, and they're always making this sound like a bad thing, but actually that protects us because there is someone who, uh, who oversees what the standards, the safety standards are. Um, the fact that toys are much safer now, um, that there are, there are different fire regulations for things. Um, and you can't, you know, you, you can't say, it's wrong to say that you have, that you can't do more if you want to. The EU just has some kind of, um, uh, some kind of minimum standard that it, it expects all products to have. So if you, for instance, buy fireworks from China, um, they have to comply with certain safety standards, so they they should no longer just randomly explode in your face, you know. So it's 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 about that kind of thing. Um, medicines, you know, that um, labeling that you know what is in the stuff that you buy, uh, in the food you buy, you know. So it's just it's standards like that. If you want to go further and provide more for the consumer, you can always do that. Um, uh, which is something, for instance, um, the UK has um quite stringent um uh, regulations when it comes to um what needs to be fire retardant you can see that on clothes on furniture um it's you know it always tells you i've i don't remember seeing that in germany as much so i'm i'm pretty sure that it's something extra so if the so in, if um so say a german manufacturer of pillows for instance wanted to export them to the uk they would, I mean, obviously they would comply with EU standards, but if the UK has extra standards where they need to, you know, or the, the, the pillows need to have something extra, then they would have to comply with that as well. So it's not like you can't go further. So that is completely utter rubbish and something that the government likes to keep spouting, that we have to follow what the EU says. Um, even though, obviously, I would also like to point out that um, a lot of those EU regulations, all of them actually, are being shaped by UK officials um, and then get voted um, on um, by British MEPs. So um, it's not really like, oh, the EU tells us to, to do X, Y, Z. It's not really quite like that. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, there was already, uh, apparently, uh, a lot of the Brexit cabinet ministers turned up at the Foreign Office yesterday. Um, and it sounds like Boris Johnson and Michael Gove are the ringleaders. Um, possibly they're positioning themselves as the next leader after Theresa May. Because, um, I mean, you know, there, there's all sorts of rumours. Oh, the government could collapse, etc. Um, if she can't get them on board. I mean, she's trying to broker a sort of deal. But it also sounds... I don't know how many remain... Um, I mean, Greg Clark, the business secretary, Phil Hammond, the, 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 the um, treasurer. What do you call them now? Um, uh, they they are arguing for a soft Brexit because they know what it's going to do financially and to the economy. Um, um, but even Sajid Javid, the new Home Secretary, um, I, I actually saw it. Didn't I say, isn't it funny, he just became Home Secretary and he did a couple of things, you know, sorted out a couple of things that had been left for months and months and months. Didn't I say it almost looks like he's positioning himself to be leader? And yes, apparently he's um, he was on the list of MPs who's now gone 
gone over to the dark side, as it were, um, um, which also shows you, you know, he, he was Remain because he, he knew that that's much better for the country. But with a leadership bit, he knows he needs to be in with the camp that argues for Brexit. So it's all just power playing and ideology. Um, and him and, of course, Gavin Williamson, the rather, he's rather useless anyway, defence secretary, um, um, who is, I think he's been promoted above his his competence. He was whipped before, and there were other people who actually held a brief in the, the in the Department for Defence before, whereas he never did. So, um, not entirely sure what that was all about. Um, so yeah, and then there are the usual suspects: Andrea Letzum, who had her own leadership bid two years ago. Um, well, so um, Penny Mordaunt, who lied about Turkey joining. Um, the EU and the UK not having a veto on that uh, before the referendum. Um, so she's an ardent leaver. So there's this, there's this tight camp, but apparently there's quite a few of the cabinet ministers in that camp now, um, which could be, uh, yes, we don't know how that's going to go because there's quite a lot of them and what they're going to demand. Um, so uh, apparently Whitehall is expecting some resignations, but I can't really, that's, there's so many of them. Um, somehow I don't expect them to resign over it. Um, um, Liam Fox is also making trouble, but then obviously um, uh, if there's a customs, some kind of customs union, then his department would be completely redundant, especially for now. Um, uh, and he also really wants those US trade deals, even though the US has already said they want to strip the NHS, um, which, happy birthday, NHS, is, um, is 70 years old this week. So he's already said that. The Americans already said they want to send us their chlorinated chicken. Um, at least that's what makes the headlines. Um, um, and, um, and, you know, and with, with Trump imposing tariffs and causing global instability. Um, uh, but Fox still wants to go and have a trade deal with the US. We don't even know whether that's possible because Trump's completely random. Um, I've even heard about some Asian countries who are now going to go together and 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 form a, a trade pack because um, they feel they're they're safer all of them together, um, with uh, with Trump going around um, tearing agreements up left right and center. So I don't know why they want to rely. On it. It's really just a desperate. We want to be out of the EU, and you kind of really asking why? Why are they so desperate? Um, we also had. Um, I don't think the report is out yet, um, but um, uh, the Electoral Commission um, has found, as far as as far as I understand, that vote leave the official leave campaign cheated, as in broke the law. Um, but I think Theresa May was even asked about that, and she was just like, "Oh well, never mind. We'll go ahead anyway." Um, uh, whereas that's yeah, it should. It, it, it's not. It's no longer legitimate. The result of the referendum is no, is is not actually legitimate because of 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 that campaign breaking the law. One thing. Um, the Tory party didn't get its mandates when they had their general election. Didn't get a mandate. Um, they didn't get a majority. Uh, she lost her majority, so they didn't get a mandate for hard Brexit. And still, those people are are there and want to drive it through. Um, so I really don't understand all these people who are going, oh yeah, democracy, democracy, we need to push this through. This is no longer democracy. 
things are being pushed through no matter what, never mind the law, never mind um, an election, never mind anything. It's just being pushed through on, on the say-so of that referendum and the interpretation of some lunatics that we currently have in the government. It's absolutely unbelievable. Um, so, um, yeah, so I don't know. At which stage do you, do you call it a coup? I'm sure if, if the UK was situated in the Caribbean then, you know, we would be calling it a coup. But because we're supposed to be civilised and we're a Western country, um, somehow they're getting away with it. Um, mind you, I had a look through German press yesterday. Um, they, they're they calling Theresa May Mrs. Plan laws, as in um, Mrs. No Plan. Um, so it doesn't sound like they're expecting great shakes from today. But, yeah, you know, obviously we have to wait and see what happens. Um um, and also with this whole vote leave thing, um, the BBC. I mean, I did. I, I did say this before, but if if you if you want to have news, don't just don't bother with the BBC. I mean, the BBC does great things, you know, drama, comedy, fantastic. But don't bother with the news. Um, it's it, it's it's no longer impartial. They have a very funny idea of 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 impartiality. Um, so, so they reckon they, they broke the story that vote leave cheated. I mean, I read it. Um, so yeah, the headline was vote leave cheated. So it's not, you know, cheated rather than broke the law. So it's not quite as strong, but, um, I think that's what it was. Um, also they, they kind of, they put everything sort of in converted, uh, inverted commas. So it's not quite, it's not quite, you know, somebody said, um, and they, they sort of ran it as, oh, we have this, we have this scoop. Um, so it was basically just the headline saying they cheated and there was one sentence. And the rest of the article, I am not kidding you, was Matthew, Matthew Elliott, the um, chief executive of Road Leave, going on and on and on about how hard done by they were and how it wasn't true and blah, 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 blah. And just basically just moaning about the whole thing. Um, the thing was, so from, from what I understand of, from, 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 you know, journalists and lawyers... Um, so a it wasn't the scoop because this was this was well known so it was not exactly like a scoop it was just giving, um, vote leave a platform to moan about it when actually the report I think is not officially out so nobody can officially go and argue against them, um. So it was just his opinion, um, uh, which nobody could challenge, um. And um, so they should have really waited until the whole thing is out and then they could have they could have um, asked him about it and they could have also had someone else there. But so officially nobody can challenge him. But also, interestingly, it's not like they invited uh, a whistleblower on. Um, there was there was this guy who um, who made the accusations in the first place, how it all came out, how um, the two leave campaigns coordinated Um so he, you know, Matthew Elliott um, mentioned him, but did the BBC invite him on to kind of give a balance to the story? No, it was as far as I, I could see, there was absolutely no balance. The only thing that was kind of two different things was the headline in that one sentence. And the, but the entire article was just about how hard done by road leave were. But there was no, no kind of balancing that off with another opinion even. Um, funnily enough, Channel 4... Um, tried to interview Matthew Elliott and he he declined. Um, so it does look funny that 
he declines Channel 4, but he has no problem talking to the BBC. Well, that's funny. They've given him a platform to to say what he wants. So it's... It, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just read... I, I, I didn't know all this. I just read the article on the BBC website and thought, well, that doesn't really look impartial um, and balanced because the article is just about road leave and how it's all not really true, even though, you know, there's just a tiny bit about how they broke the law. Um, because they overspent. Um, they overspent. Um, they're also, some of them are on record of saying, we're going to spend whatever money. It's Steve Baker, who's a government minister now, apparently said in early 2016, we're going to spend whatever money um, it takes um, to get a leave, leave result. Um, and we do know that the money was targeted at undecided voters on social media and it only needed about 600,000 of them to swing the result. That's all they needed. Um, so that's all. That's all well known. Um, and um, yeah, so they, and, and how they did it, they, they spend all the money, but rather than going through the official campaign, campaign they also gave it to another unofficial campaign which was run by a student but there are photographs showing those people together and they there are also records of the people involved in the leave campaign um saying that you know yes that person works together or this person was here so we know they um they weren't running separate campaigns um there's also the money that went to uh, the dup um to um to work in, in in Northern Ireland, so there's there's different ways of where they they obviously they had the money they knew they couldn't all spend it through vote leave, um so they gave it to different channels, but the money all came from the same source, um and they coordinated the campaigns, um and that breaks an electoral law, so it broke the law, um I think it's not the report's not officially out, so I think you have to say allegedly, but um. Um, that's what's come out now. Um, and we're now at this stage here where nobody cares. <laughs> it doesn't even make a difference. It's incredible. It really is incredible. So anyway, well, we'll see what comes out from today. Probably not going to um, have the analysis until um, sometime into the weekend. So we'll see. Anyway, interesting times as always. Um, thank you very much for listening oh i did also need to mention um there was also some some bit about fish again and um you know oh yes the eu they've called our fish grown whatever we want our fish fish back well actually uh the fish was the, the fish quota the uk has fish quota like every other country but they chose to sell it off to um uh, to fishermen around Europe, so they can't really complain, and they got the money for it. But they've they started they sold off their quota, so they have less now. Um, the good news is, since they're bringing all the you know they want to have all their fish quotas back, um, we're gonna get a lot of fish here in the UK because they're gonna find it so much more expensive and difficult to export it to the EU, which is what they're doing at the moment. So you know if they want to go out of everything, heartbreaks and all that, um, that'll be a lot. Um, less but you know with with them having all their fish quota back um they're gonna have to sell it to us won't they so we can look forward to uh, a lot of a lot of fish very fish based diet fish and turnips is gonna be for us um anyway um and apples for afters (laughs) 
Anyway, I hope you all have a good weekend. Um, I'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now.